But if you guys remember Robots, <laughs> you remember that movie. That is a banger. I'm just saying. I, I- was not expecting that, Miss Girl. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Bro, I just looked up 2000s movies and it came up. it's so good like oh it's just so funny welcome back to qualified-ish the bi-weekly podcast that talks all about movies and tv shows created by qualified creators but hosted by an unqualified lover of film i am your host kira Menez. this week i am joined by bridget douglas and samantha handler I met these two friends through my English class this past semester, and since then we've had some wonderful conversations together. Today, we bring you one of those conversations to Qualified-ish, where we discuss the impact of the 2000s films on Gen Z. Thank you, Bridget and Sam, for joining me today on this episode. I'm so happy you guys are coming on this week. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to talk to y'all. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're going to start this episode off with the three questions I ask every guest or guests. Now, this is my first episode with multiple guests, and I'm so happy. Um, And the first question is what is your favorite tv show right now oh okay well my favorite tv show i feel like of all time is the fosters Mm -hmm. and it's just so good like i don't like uh, the drama so great and then i think my favorite tv show right now is probably how to get away with murder because that's what i'm watching right now nice yeah i so i guess of all time it would be like like, I have a comfort TV show. It sounds so basic, but Glee. I like <laughs> any I episode. Glee. Glee is amazing. Um, but then right now, I would actually say, did you guys watch All American on Netflix? No, I never watched it. You should. I really liked it. Everyone likes it, but I haven't watched it, no. I loved it. It made me cry. Honestly, I barely heard of it. So It was like at the start of quarantine, a lot of people watched it oh got it got it got it yeah okay um and what about your favorite movies my favorite movie is mama mia i love that like literally (laughs) like i it just like encompasses like everything that i love like it has music and dancing and just like love and like having fun and like whatever you know and there's like some drama too which like you know we love the drama but um I just think it's such a good movie and I like totally feel like I'm Donna like I've always resonated with her and so that makes me love it more my top movie that has been solid since I was like 11 has been burlesque it has not moved I don't know why I cannot explain it but I am obsessed with it. I could watch it a million times in one day. It is Chef Kisses. It's a masterpiece. Those are like in the, not the same realm, but like they're kind of the same vibe. Like they're like music and yeah. dance. Yeah. So then do you guys like La La Land? Because I've heard mixed things about it, but it's a comfort movie for me. So I always want to hear what people think because it's like a musical. I loved it. Honestly, the first time I saw it, um, no hate like I thought it was good but I thought it was overhyped but I know that's a controversial opinion like I thought it was good but then there was just like this lull in the movie and I was like I don't I don't want there to be a lull for like that long when I'm watching Mm -hmm. a movie I guess I just but that's because of just like the movies that I like I just like it to be like kind of fast-paced and like the same with tv shows so that's yeah. probably five. But I think the music and the score and like the whole like idea of the movie was really great and they're great actors. So it was really yeah. fun. I feel like I mainly watched that movie 
for like the cinematography I love mm-hmm. the like just aesthetic of the whole movie it's I just love it it's really pleasing to like watch and yeah I could I kind of agree with like Bridget there are some parts where I'm like okay this is a little slow but I like it I, I like that movie sometimes I'll watch something this is the next question like sometimes I'll watch something and be like wow that was so amazing like it was such a good idea great production everything I wish I created it so like is there something you watched movie or tv show that you were like I wish I created that I feel like so instantly I want to say because my favorite horror movie like series is The Conjuring I love it yeah, that's really good um, and that's a really good one but I kind of like um it's the one with Jim Carrey and the covers by Polar Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. oh yes that one's good mm-hmm. that I was watching and I was like I kind of wish I made this this was this was such a smart idea I it was I don't okay I mean, there's definitely things that I wish I was, like, a part of in some way just because they're so iconic. Like, Friends, you know, like, yeah, some people, Friends is, like, for some reason a controversial show. Like, people are like, oh, it's not that good. It's overhyped. But, like, it's a good show. Like, it's fun to watch. Like, I, like, I love Friends. Like, I watched it since I was little. And so, like, I've always loved that show. And also it made so much money and you like it's still making so much money so like yeah I would li- like to be a part of that and then I mean another thing that I would just like to be like witness to I feel like or like a part of would be um something with Shonda Rhimes because Shonda Rhimes is the best like mm-hmm. actually like, literally the best <laughs> like she's like the highest paid person in film and so like I think anything with her would be super cool yeah like, like how to get away is that she does how to get away with murder and graves yeah yeah a lot of like she yeah she does a lot of things I personally I never got into those types of shows but I know like they have a huge following me I'm the following <laughs> no seriously everyone's still obsessed and like Grays is still going I don't understand it there's like it's 17 still seasons going. yeah because I don't know how much they're paying uh, Ellen Pompeo. Oh my gosh, good for me for knowing her name. But um, I don't know how much they're paying her. But the fact that she's still there, like if she left, then it would just be done because she's gray. Like she's Meredith Gray. Like she has to be there. Right. But the fact that she's still there and still doing it and still going, like it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's really cool. Okay, so getting into today's topic, we're going to be discussing how the early 2000s films shaped us because like this was our era, like we were brought up during this time. And the first question I have is like, do you think the 2000s were a big time for film and like in what sort of ways? Absolutely. I think this was one of the best times of film because, okay, Like, when I watch, like, other movies and stuff, like, even today, I feel like the quality of movies today, like, the quality has gone down for some reason. Mm -hmm. But, but like, the film quality has gone up. But for some reason, I feel like that makes it worse. I don't know why. Like, it's too good. I don't know. But from, like, movies in the 2000s, they're just, like, so emotional. And, like, they always had, like, some deeper meaning to them. Mm-hmm. and I always felt like connected some way to like whatever movie I was watching like no like whether it was like a chick flick or like an action movie like I always felt like there was like some connection to the movies with me and so I feel like that just made like my childhood and <laughs> like watching those movies like so much better mm-hmm. because they were like so much more relatable yeah, I agree. And I feel like when you watch them now, you watch them and you get like this like rush of like serotonin. And you're like, oh, I, I I don't know. It just makes me happy watching them. But also just so many iconic movies like Mean Girls, 
um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, uh, Lilo and Stitch, then like a bunch of like the, um, which like we were talking about like the Disney original movies and just so many different movies that kind of like built us and like our generation's like humor mm-hmm. and also a lot what Bridget was saying like our understanding of our emotions and having like deeper meanings and understanding metaphors and all that stuff and I think that's really important to teach at like a young age in like kid movies and also in adult movies too and I don't know I just thought it was like a kind of a brand new era that was brought up through cinema. Yeah I agree with both of you and like I think it's kind of parallel to like if you think about just when we were born, like the time that we were born is like when technology and all that stuff like was so, it was going at such a fast pace. And like that stuff is totally reflected in what we saw in movies and like how, and like how people dressed and how people communicated. Like you could see like the change in like cell phones and stuff and the change in how people communicate through the films that we watched. Like, and a lot of those, we'll talk about this in a second, but, like, were the Disney Channel, like, original films um, that I think had the greatest impact on us because we were children. So, like, those were the ones that we could watch the most of. How, like, we are, we're, we're saying, like, how these films have shaped us, but, like, in what ways have they shaped us? Like, to, like, in our beliefs and how we act? Like, what do you think the actual effects are? I honestly think that a lot of like my beliefs and like morals I feel like have been shaped by like 2000s movies which is like so strange but like Legally Blonde for example like that was like like it was targeted to like every girl every female identified person like it really showed that you can do anything and you can be anyone. You can be anyone you want to be and still do anything you want to do, like regardless of like what other people think about you. Like, I feel like just like movies, like there's so many movies like that from the, like from the 2000s. And it just like showed that it's okay to be who you are. You should be who you are. It's okay to have feelings and like you could you know, totally be like a rock star and like do whatever you want. And like, I don't know, like I just thought that they kind of shaped me in that way. Like I feel like a lot of my morals are from these movies, which is so funny. That made me think about how comparing it to 90s and 80s and even like 70s movies, it kind of was a new time to like bring forward women empowerment in films because it also what's the theory like um reverse Bechdel theory or something like that what is that where it's like um or not theory but it basically like um having actually like women being the center of the film women being the center of the film and not talking about men and talking about themselves and and stuff like that and I think that was like a new era of when we were kind of taught like oh being a woman doesn't make you different than a man like you can do whatever you want like you're in charge of your um own life and your body and everything and I think that's been a really big thing in our generation that we've been taught is it doesn't matter what gender what race anything like you do what you want to do and you can do anything like you put your mind to. And I think that was a big um, message sent in them. And also, like, they're still relevant. Like, um, the Debbie Ryan, like, <laughs> resurfacing, like, um, jokes coming on, like, TikTok and stuff. Or, like, even Lemonade Mouth, like, music trending on TikTok, too. Like, yeah. they're still relevant in our... Um, like our generation's culture yeah and also like twilight and the earlier harry potter movies were also early 2000s and anyone on tiktok knows like it's becoming trendy to watch those 
now or there are some people who haven't even seen them until it became trending on TikTok. So I think that's like the most interesting part of our generation is because we always resurface trends and we make things trendy for like the fact that they were older, if that makes any sense. And it's kind of weird because we always tend to live in different generations to avoid the generation we're in now. That's just what I've noticed. And I think that's part of how it shaped us to show us like what we kind of like what we miss and also like what we were like in the midst of we were in we were in the midst of like a big change even like even politically like this is the time when Obama was becoming president in 2008 like that was like all this is all happening and I think you guys are totally right when you say like it's definitely it was definitely a time for women empowerment and it's not to say that the there was there were no like I guess stereotypical social roles in films because there were still there were still oh, yeah. those roles definitely. but this was like definitely the kickstart of it which I agree with yeah even in Legally Blonde yeah. like like yeah like she she went there for her guy but then she realized oh I don't need him I'm gonna do this for exactly. myself and show him how much better I am than he is mm-hmm. and then she ended up with the, a new guy anyways like yeah like for a split second we almost had it like feminism mm-hmm. was almost at its peak but then it kind of went back down but that's not to say that that's not so like feminism because like that's you know finding your love and like finding like what you want to do and who you want to be with in your life yeah but like I feel like the re- like how Sam was saying like the relevance of movies are like still like very prevalent today because for something to like carry its meaning into like a different generation and like still hold its relevance I feel like that's what makes a good movie Mm-hmm. for it to like still carry that message and for it to still be important yeah and like that being said what are your favorite 2000s movies because they must hold some relevance to you like what you were saying Bridget for me I mean Legally Blonde's one of them like my high school graduation quote in my yearbook was what like it's hard because I just like literally love Elwood's um I mean, the classics, like Mean Girls, The Notebook, you know, those kind of things. Also, Bridget Jones' Diary. Um, that, I mean, obviously, I was like, someone was named Bridget, so I was like, oh, immediately gravitated towards it. But um, that was really good. And then I also, um, my favorite movie, Mamma Mia, was made in the 2000s. So obviously I love that. There's so there's so many like Miss Congeniality. Um, I love that one. Yeah, like yeah, School cool. of Rock, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, one that doesn't get like enough attention for being a 2000s movie, I feel like, is Almost Famous. And I don't know if you guys know that one's good. That one is mm-hmm. yeah with Kate Hudson. Really, yeah, it's a really really great movie. Mm-hmm. And it's about like this kid who is like trying to be a rock journalist and he's literally a kid in high school and he's traveling and like doing all these things with rock bands, just like totally left home and is like making a way for himself. And it's kind of loosely based on a real story. And I feel like that's really cool too. A lot of them Bridget named that are my favorites, two of them that get looked over all the time. And this might be controversial, but if you guys remember Robots, <laughs> you remember that movie. That is a banger. I'm just saying. I, I was not expecting that, Miss Girl. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Bro, I just looked up 2000s movies and it came up. Yes, it's so good. Like, oh, it's just so funny. And then Shark Tale. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we not talk about that more? People need to talk and about that Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, okay. I can get on board with that. Okay, wait. Enchanted? Did anyone like that movie? Yes! Of course I liked that movie. I love that movie. I think it's the reason I like Mamma Mia and La La Land. It's so good. I like how they kind of mixed, or not kind of, they did mix animation and... <laughs> yeah. real life like yes and not just like they did like yeah they had like a whole animation section and a whole like in real life section but then they put animation in the real life so i thought Mm -hmm. that was cool too 
Do you guys remember Seventeen again? <gasps> that of was two thousand. Yes. That that, that also, speaking of movies with numbers in them, Thirteen Going on Thirty. <laughs> that of course, like that literally, movie like the iconic, like like womanhood transition movie. Okay, yes, wait, I so- love. Okay, yes, I agree with all that. What it, I don't know if this came out in the 2000s, but She's the Man. Is that the 2000s? I love that movie. I, so? I don't know. It's so yep, good. it did. Oh my gosh. She's the Man. So Literally good. iconic. Iconic. Do you guys remember Flushed Away? That is another overlooked movie. I don't think I watched yeah. that. Where are you pulling any of these movies from? Robots, Flushed Away, Sharktail. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> I see what kind of movie, what movie connoisseur you are. The Notebook. I appreciate it. Yeah, Bridget said that. Yeah, The Notebook. The Notebook oh. is like iconic, though. Like yeah. everyone, everyone at some point in their life, I feel like has to watch that movie. Agreed. I just watched it a month ago for the first time. That's slightly upsetting, but it's like I'm good. So it's not my favorite thing in the world, but it's like it's a good movie. You know. It's not my favorite thing in the world, like but the uh, just like the romance <laughs> and the passion and the love that they have for each other. He literally like gives up his whole life like anything he could be and redoes it, their entire dream house for this one love that he lost and then she just shows up because he's selling it and then she, he won't even sell it because it's too good like no one like oh you paid that's too much like that's what I asked for like not why would I sell like that doesn't make any sense like and he's still like holding on to like this idea of her and then she comes back and then they live happily ever after like how would you not love that I don't know I love hearing you fangirl about it it's so funny <laughs> I can fangirl about quite honestly most movies, like Avatar. Oh, oh Avatar is good. I was obsessed with Avatar for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, mm, I don't know, like they just like connect to each other, like literally connect to each they other. They literally with their connect tail. their tails. They literally connect their tails to one another, and then they're like <laughs> love. It makes the most sense. Have you guys seen um, 500 Days of Summer? I have not. I haven't, but I've heard of it. Isn't it Zoe Deschanel? Yes, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's an amazing romance movie. You need to watch it. Oh my god, I'm so disappointed that you have it. It's so good. It's so good. It's in the soundtrack. I will watch it now. I feel like it's not like a total classic, though. It's, I mean, I wouldn't classify it as a classic, but I think it's one of those, like, secret hidden gems that people don't really talk about as much. Because, not that The Notebook isn't good, but it's always, like, there are movies that are hidden gems because they're overlooked by movies that are, like, classics like The Notebook. Not that The Notebook is bad or anything, but, like, there are other movies, you know? Another classic. The B movie. (laughs) Please, Sam. Sam with the robots. I was gonna say the Devil Wears Prada, but <gasps> sir, that movie. the B movie works too. <laughs> I love the Devil Wears Prada. Iconic literally, film. Meryl Streep, Queen. Can we just literally appreciate for a moment sure. how Meryl Streep will only play one role, like will only play a role once because she's too elevated for that, and she doesn't want to limit herself. It's literally literally why. Like that's why she wasn't in Mamma Mia 2, really. Mm-hmm. She like cameoed in it, and that was a lot for her. Bro, when we opened Mamma Mia 2, sorry, spoiler if you haven't seen Mamma Mia 2, which is lame, go watch it. Yeah. That's yeah. But like they opened with her dead. Like they were like, Oh, she's dead. And I was like, What in the world? Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah, I was like, why? Why you know, would I was kind of mad? Me? I was like, um, like, I wanted my Queen Meryl in that movie, but, like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But, like, she truly does step into every role. She does. That she agrees to. She's magnificent. Like, that she agrees to do. She is. 
and she just like can totally adapt to it and take on like whatever like personality traits and like emotional trauma or like passion that these characters and that these people have Mm -hmm. and I think that's so cool like she played um oh my gosh I wonder if that's a 2000s movie she played uh Julia Childs in Julia Julia. Julia. Yeah. And maybe 2010. She totally she like nailed the accent. It is a 2000s movie. Oh, okay. She nailed the accent. Like she really just like went for it. Mm-hmm. Like I just I just love her. She she really like did a lot of movies in the 2000s, I feel like. She did. Her career is like it's huge like she has so many films i probably haven't even seen half of them to be honest with you same me too you know who else did a lot of films in the 2000s who Anne hathaway (gasps) Anne hathaway what was like that iconic she did she was in the devil's the devil wears prada right she's in the princess diaries Diaries. i love the princess diaries that is a movie yeah. that has like had a huge impact on my childhood. I watched that so many times. Me too. Oh yeah, Me too. my whole childhood. <laughs> one of the most like serious movies that was probably one of the first ones that made me cry that I re- can remember is The Blind Side. Oh that yeah, was- I oh. watched that a lot. I don't know why. Me too. I love I mean, it. It wasn't the first one that made me cry. I mean, that would probably be like The Lion King or something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But some like actual kid movie, but yeah, and the blind side, like I feel like that was like one of the only like childhood in- introductions to like race and like mm-hmm. that right. whole issue in a movie. Which, why was that the first like introduction of it in the first place? Like there should have been way more conversations about race in movies for kids and I still think there should be I feel like that's a really big issue but absolutely well but I did appreciate it no you're fine I just did a I really appreciated that movie and like it made me sob me too every time I watched it yeah I was gonna say let's add in the Disney Channel movies because those play a big role and I feel like it also there's a lot to say about the race thing that we were just talking about because oh, for sure. if you look at Wendy Wu, I really like that movie. Like I <laughs> I love Wendy Wu too. I don't know what it is, but it's also like very like why is it so tied to her like culture? Like can there just be regular films with a racially diverse cast that doesn't have to be tied to their culture? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They do like I appreciated that there was effort I guess like I appreciated that there was some inclusion but the way they went about doing it I feel like could have been a lot better like it didn't have to be like why couldn't why couldn't oh what's her name uh Brenda Song why couldn't Brenda Song be Cadet Kelly you know like why is it Wendy Wu this is her culture this is like and then that's the only movie that she's really a star in And it's only based around her culture, which is good to have cultural movies, but like show something else like the Cheetah Girls. Like, yeah, like I love the Cheetah Girls, like that's such a great movie, but they should have had more representation in like all movies. Yeah. So like what were your what were the Disney Channel films you guys always like to watch when you were kids? I mean, I. I know I was obsessed. I had like clothes um board games everything like of high school musical same everything (laughs) everything backpacks you name it I had it but I also I just like something just like sparked a memory but I remember when Camp Rock like first came out and I like sat in front of the tv waiting for it to come on because me too there was like countdowns Mm -hmm. this is how good our childhood was like we like took pride in our shows and like when they were going to come out and when we had to watch them and so like we got our stuff done and like we went and watched these movies and we watched the countdowns for it to come on camp rock was like so iconic because 
you had Demi Lovato, who at the time was from uh, Sunny with a Chance. Sunny, what is what is that? What is it called? Yes, you just unlocked right? the memory. Oh yeah, Sunny, Sunny with a Chance. And so, like, that was a really popular show at the time. And so then we were like, oh my gosh, Camp Rock. And then also the Jonas Brothers, who <gasps> obsessed. I mean, ruled my life. <laughs> yeah, it was like all of our all of our dream guys. You know, we were just like obsessed. And then. <laughs> We Sam just, just said that the Jonas Brothers ruled their life. They ruled. Did you get to see them in concert? No. I was so I jealous did. my sister went and she didn't take me, but I was a young kid. Um, I was going to say, Camp Rock was one of my favorite Disney Channel movies and same with High School Musical. But Camp Rock, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 98% sure that my first celebrity crush was Shane Gray. And I don't know Shane why. <laughs> so that's Joe Jonas in um, Camp Rock. And I had a huge crush on him. Like, like huge. And I'm pretty sure that was my first, like, celebrity crush. Him and, like, everyone was obsessed with Zac Efron in, in High School Musical. But, like, I just think it's so funny because Sam brought up the Jonas Brothers being so important. And I just, they definitely were. And they, they still are, let me tell you. I liked Nick over Joe before when he was re- when Joe was really popular. I, maybe it was because like like a self confidence thing. Like oh like I'll go for Nick then. I don't know. Like you know how like your best friend will be like oh Joe's mine or like this person's mine. So then you're like okay, mm. yeah Nick. Like next know- best thing I guess. This is not a Disney original or anything, but Big Time Rush um okay yes very relevant team though. james this is where their trade-off was nickelodeon had the best and most relevant and like relatable tv shows and uh disney had the best disney channel movies the mm-hmm. disney channel ones not this D- disney it had to be disney channel okay those were where they hit better like cadet kelly twitches high school musical all like all of those are disney channel movies twitches i would argue that the last good tv show that disney channel had was dog with a blog that was pushing it for me and i will put my foot down until the day i die that was a good show you know okay i feel like that's a controversial opinion and And good like Charlie. okay okay pause pause Before we go out to out of hand, we're going to be talking about how Disney Channel, I guess, TV shows and movies compared to today's. So we have decided or Sam has decided that the cutoff of the good TV shows like ended with Dog with the Blog. However, I say good luck, Charlie, because good luck, Charlie. Slaps. Oh, absolutely. I would. Absolutely. I would. I agree. But I think we could. But you don't. You just said you did it. No, no, no. I said that I I like Good Luck Charlie too. I think that was a good ending too. But I could I would argue that it it eked in a little bit to Dog with the Blog, except for I hated the ending because it made me sob. Yes, I admit it. I cried to Dog with the Blog. I never watched it. What was the ending? Did he die? He like left. <laughs> Didn't he go to like Russia or something? Like the dog went to Russia. The right? dog went to Russia. Do you see what you're saying? Please. <laughs> <laughs> and you started sobbing. <laughs> Good. What was his name? Stan. <laughs> Please. You don't even know. No. <laughs> but was Here, his older him. brother the guy from um, Lemonade Mouth? Who? The one, the drummer. Gabe, what? Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I have no clue what his name is, dude. I don't know what you what you just said. Um, I, the I older think... brother in Dog with a Blog is the same guy from Lemonade Mouth, the drummer. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, you're right. He was one of my celebrity crushes as a kid. Do do they what? even have Disney Channel? movies now like i don't even know how they are or what they do or yes like they have disney channel movies like uh 
what's it called descendants oh oh i forgot about that descendants i was not uh, a fan oh didn't zombie. they have like one like, yeah the zombie like cheerleaders or something like that no there's like zombie cheerleaders i haven't seen it because that really sounds like kind of awful but i mean good for them yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those. Yeah, I don't. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even watch um, Teen Beach movie. Oh, <gasps> see, okay, that was good. I, I, I just never. It. Honestly, I wasn't an Austin and Allie person. I watched like some episodes, but I never really kept up like I did with like Wizards or anything like that. I kept mm-hmm. up with Austin and Allie just because like that was when that came out. That was like the borderline of okay. Well, I'm gonna still watch disney channel but i'm gonna start watching like adult tv shows and movies now and because it was like when did that, come out? that was like around our like we were like 12 ish 13 which one like austin and ally and like live ally came out in like 2011 oh so we were like 10 11 and it lasted till 2016 yeah so it was like the borderline of like when like, we're growing out of, like, the kids' stage of TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like that's where, like, what you were saying, Bridget, earlier, that's where Nickelodeon, like, succeeded more with their TV shows is you didn't really have to feel like you had to grow out of it because I still watch, like, Victorious all the time. And it's oh, yeah. super relatable even when I was a kid and now. So. Yeah, for sure. So earlier we kind of discussed like some of the the more like PG-13 films in the 2000s but did you watch those like as kids or did you grow up and watch them like now or did you do both or like how did that work out? I think it truly depended on the movie because I was not allowed to watch like rated R movies until I was in sixth grade and like fifth grade was when I was starting to watch PG-13 movies consistently like it didn't really matter what movie it was but typically like my parents had to like know what it was about first in order to like allow me to watch it if that made sense so I wasn't really allowed to unless they knew like oh it's PG-13 because it had like cuss words in it or it like it wasn't super inappropriate or anything so it truly depended on it and I'm even right now like during quarantine going back and watching movies that I'm like I wish I watched this as a kid instead of right now yeah me on the other hand um I have two older brothers like by lot and I like me and my mom would always watch like literally any tv show any movie I would like watch since like as little as I can remember and I mean, technically that's allowed because she was with me, like for legal purposes. But um, I watched like all of the movies since I was little. And like, I was obsessed with them. And my mom would like really try to make them like really fun. Like the ones that were supposed to be fun, like she'd make them really fun. And like the ones that we'd watch as a family, like Pirates of the Car- Caribbean, like Lord of the Rings, like those types of things like Iron Man like you know we'd watch all of like those movies together and like I've just always watched them and like remember being able to watch them so I definitely wasn't deprived in that sense but that kind of shaped why I love movies so much yeah I have the same experience as Bridget because when you have older siblings it's kind of inevitable because like they're watching it and like it's kind of like a why not thing because you can go in with them even if you're not like 13. So, you know, like I've always been exposed to those movies. I mean, obviously there was a limit. Like I couldn't just watch anything. I remember when The Dark Knight came out and I was like, I really wanted to watch it because my siblings were going. But my mom was like, no. And and like rightfully so, it's, it's pretty violent. But like there are other things, like you were saying, like Iron Man, I think I saw Twilight like things like that but it wasn't until like my later years like now where I would I I watched some other ones and I I wrote down a couple that were like my favorite so um some of my favorite movies are from the 2000s like I don't know if you guys have seen Requiem for a Dream it's kind of really intense 
it's a really intense movie about drugs but it's super good with Jared Leto um I love Zodiac that's about the Zodiac killer such an amazing movie and Inglorious Bastards which is a Tarantino film one of my favorite ones from him but it wasn't until like now when, when I even got into film really so I've was more I'm ex- more exposed now but yeah it's it's weird because I've always been exposed to it because I've met plenty like I know plenty of people who were like Sam were like everything like some things were limited from the very beginning but things weren't really limited for me but like to an extent you know so I thought that was pretty interesting yeah I am the older sibling so I guess that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense I have like a different um experience and like my sister watch it kind of like you guys my sister watched a lot of the movies that I watched when I was older when she was younger with me and stuff so yeah I um I kind of like understand what you guys are like saying about how um being a younger sibling really plays a role in whether you were allowed to or not but I do remember some movies like Transformers I know like those kind of movies I was like completely fine with like being able to watch. Did you do you not like those movies? I love those movies. I I liked the first one, but, but like when I was a kid, I watched I think all of them. But my favorite one was the first Transformers. I really only like the ones with Shia LaBeouf in it. Yeah, exactly. That's totally valid. I mm-hmm. think I'm the same way, but I mean, I like. I feel like it's funny how I always preach how much I love movies, and like. But, like, my taste is, like, I'm not a film critic. Like, my taste is so sporadic, I feel like. Like, it's totally not. I mean, it's valid for me, but, like, on a real, like, film critic level, it's, like, really, like, if the bar was set, like, really high, it would be, like, pretty low for me. But um, I feel like, like, with that being said, I still... Like, I was still, like, so, like, intrigued by, like, so many movies. The only things that I wasn't really interested in were, like, horror films, and I'm still not. And so I feel like that is, like, if there was a line that was going to be drawn, like, that's where it would have been, like, at, like, horror movies, because my mom doesn't like them either. And so, but, like, I just never had an interest in watching them, because, like, I never wanted to be scared. (laughs) Like, I just was like, why not just watch this one instead? I, (laughs) you know, I totally... A hundred percent. And then honestly, I never wanted to when I was a kid. Like at that time, the early 2000s, like no way I was going to watch a horror movie. Um, but I know, I know Sam likes horror movies, right? But Bridget, do you I... like them now? Do I like them now? Or like, do you watch some like every now and then? Because there's one early 2000s film that I watch like in the summer and I think it's really good. And I think you guys should The only it. time when I do is with my friends and they like force me. Okay. To um have you seen pan's labyrinth no i have not but it's on my list to watch it's it's very good it's it's a foreign film but it's like it's it it looks kind of like like the plot is very it looks like a like a child's movie but it's like kind of scary like it's not terrifying or anything but it's really interesting it's a really interesting movie and it's like you could, like it's an early 2000s movie so like it doesn't look that great but it's so interesting and I think you should give it a shot because it's really it's a really good movie I'll watch it for you <laughs> I get think the one subtitles oh yeah well I oh what was that movie that came out Parasite yes I love Parasite mm-hmm. I was like I have to watch this like I don't like I don't care if there's subtitles like whatever like I'll read them <laughs> like I was so like I was constantly like what what like you know like how you tried to like in your mind even you'll just like think of oh what's gonna happen next this like oh there's mm-hmm. gonna be a happy ending oh like whatever but like I was always like huh like so much like so many like different things happening oh my gosh it was just such a good movie I loved that movie I absolutely just love horror movies in general I I am a horror movie junkie I love it but I have like I've watched so many of the classics that now I'm sitting here and I'm left with all of like the horrible ones on like Netflix and Hulu and I'm just like no or like I just watched I watched Boy 2 or The Boy 2 horrible 
I hated it. Sounds bad. I never heard good things about it. I liked the boy. It's not my favorite. It was okay. It was interesting. Had a good plot twist. But the boy too. It was so no. stupid. I did not like it. Um, Bridget, you said like about Parasite. My sister like hates horror movies and loved Parasite. Like it's one of those like thrillers that it's like not too much and it's really interesting. Like there's a lot of underlying th- themes about class in that film and I think the same like interest like people who like those kinds of films all also like get out like get out is not that terrifying in some ways it is I think like I've seen that I love get really out really good and I think that's like There's like a blonde girl uh, no that's gone girl I've that's, seen that that's gone girl's also good but but get out is the one about oh. race yes I've been meaning to see that, except I don't want to watch it by myself, is the thing. It's it's very good. You can totally watch it by yourself. It's not, like, that bad at all. But I meant to say, like, that is a late 2010 film, like, 2010s era film. And compared that to, like, the early 2000s film, like, that tackles race head on. Like, it totally, like, straight on tackles the idea that, like, people in any situation are racist and it totally does it like in using satire it's so interesting and it's so crazy to see like if you look at the difference between I don't know what a famous like just like if you compare even even just like Harry Potter Harry Potter like no one thinks it's like rate like no one's gonna be like oh the most racist film ever but it's all white people except for a racist character written by J.K. Rowling. You know what I mean? And, like, if you compare that to Get Out, I know those are very different films, but just, like, you could tell that that era is reflective of the films that were released during that time in terms of, like, social issues. So you should definitely watch Get Out because it's so relevant to today. Yeah, that that kind of, like, your point is what I was trying to, like, say earlier. Okay, I was wrong. It is the Bechtel test, not theory or whatever I said the Bechtel test and like it's basically that there's two female characters that are the main characters that have a conversation that is not about a man and not many movies pass it like very little movies pass it especially in like the early 2000s and 90s and before that um and I think like the same thing goes for race and just inequality as a whole in films and um, media as a whole. And recently it's been obviously creating a bigger platform for itself and um, becoming more relevant and present in social media and even films like Get Out. And I think that's really cool that our generation gets to bring this forward yeah, because we've seen we've seen those two types of films, right? Like the ones that don't break social rules in the early 2000s. And not to say that all the social rules are broken now, but you know, we're in we're in a time where a foreign film won film of the year, and that has never happened before. We're in a time when there's a film like Get Out which is satirical about interracial relationships like I've never seen anything like it sort of thing. So again, our generation, I feel like, and I, I know we're not like special or anything, but this is just like what we know is that like we are just growing up through so much change. And I we've think we've progressed a lot. We've progressed a lot, but we've also like regressed too um, in terms of like social issues and political issues. Like yeah. it's all reflective in film. It is. So we discussed some classics, some movies that we really like from the early 2000s. What are some of those films, like, if you decide, like, let's say, hypothetically, you decide to have kids later. What are some of the films that you want them to watch that you define as classics that you think that every kid should watch? Robots. Please. (laughs) Oh, my God. I want them to watch all of them. Just all of the films. But I guess, like, more importantly... Um, oh my gosh, 
We also didn't talk about this, but My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> um, it's a great movie. Definitely that. Like, I love that movie. I could watch that movie like a hundred times over. It's like crazy. But all of like the classic Disney Channel films, like, yes, I want them to watch those. Um, things like Bring It On and Bridget Jones' Diary and um almost famous you know like legally blonde like all of those like like classics but then also just like i like just want to be really transparent with like the importance of like films and like race in film because like so many of them are like whitewashed like and i know this is a 90s film but like clueless is like a really good example of that because it's like it just shows like this white girl with like black best friend and it's like that shouldn't like I don't there's like a name for it but like there's so many films where it's like a white girl with a black best friend and it's like why is that the only option like yeah you're trying to like show some like different races in your film but like why can't they be the main character they should be the main character and like even like how the princess and the frog like great movie like I love that movie like the music everything in that was so great but like that was like the first black princess and that was the first time that a person like that a black person like was a princess and like that was really important and like half of the movie she was a frog (laughs) like they turned her into frog and like disney keeps doing that even with this new movie coming out soul they turn the person into like this like little bubble of I don't know energy it's like the soul but it's like they keep like covering it up but it's like why like just like let them be the main character for once you know yeah I guess I never really thought of like what you just said about princess and the frog and the soul movie I never really thought about that but yeah I grew up my mom my mom's been um raised in a lot of culture um like diversity and so she's very big on just like accepting everybody for who they are and I've always been raised to not see differences between people and to like appreciate different cultures and all that stuff and so I definitely want to do like similar to what Bridget was saying I just want to make sure like I also preach that importance and um talk about that within films and media with my kids too and I feel like showing them these movies is really important because um you can either approach that through the film itself or see like oh well did you see how this person um was a white main character and then their best friend was black and why can't it be the other way around and like um coming to those terms with your kids at a young age really um, heightens the um, factors or not heightens, I guess it lessens the factors of them being, having implicit bias against certain um, communities and cultures. And that is what I want to strive to do is lessen that implicit bias in my kids and prejudice thoughts that um society has sadly like given me in certain situations about like just in general like men or like stuff like that you know and so I I want to like really clarify that and I feel like a lot of the 2000s movies really cover that especially like the later 2000 movies um but yeah I would definitely show them all the Disney classics um a lot of the rom-coms I feel like are really good in this in like the early 2000s there was a lot of good rom-coms so I would definitely want to show them those and like I also grew up in like an Adam Sandler fan movie or family so a lot of the Adam Sandler movies I like those I agree with you guys but my last question is what is one thing you want to see more of in tv or film and this can be about the industry or this can be about what you see on screen 
Okay. So as a blanket just representation, I think there needs to be like a lot more representation of people of color on and off the screen. Um, I think that it's easy for a lot of people to overlook like the off the screen things because obviously we don't see that. And like, that's not like where our mind goes when we think of where the movie's coming from and like what it's trying to represent. But like take Mulan, for example, the live action version of Mulan. um, Like, yeah, the entire cast was of some Asian descent, descent, but the director was white and most everyone on set was also white and male. And so I feel like that says a lot. I feel like there needs to be, especially about in movies about a culture or a race, I think that there definitely needs to be at least like that same race directing it because it's showing like their perspective too, like on the race. So you have to like, I feel like you have to come from that. You know, I feel like there just needs to be a lot more representation like with that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like they're doing a better job starting to do a better job with representation on screen, but still needs to be like a lot more and just like normalizing um, the LGBTQ plus community like on screen and um, like who cares if it makes people uncomfortable like that needs to be in movies that needs to be in TV shows and that just needs to be normalized because it's normal <laughs> and um, also just like more women empowerment movies like kind of like what Sam was saying that aren't focused around men at all like not trying her to get the guy she doesn't always have to have a guy in the end, like let her just focus on herself kind of thing. You know, I feel like we need to see more representation of that because I feel like that will help a lot of girls right now too. Yeah, I completely agree. That's one of the things that I definitely want to see also, which I do think we're getting better at and we're working towards that. But um, I also want to see stereotypes go out the window and correct representation of um not only different cultures but also like mental illnesses and like I feel like there's so many movies that are incorrectly portraying schizophrenia um depression anxiety like all these different movies but I like we all suffer from something and if you don't like good for you but we need to properly represent <laughs> I mean I'm serious like good for you like you're lucky but um I feel like we need to like properly represent um especially because this is like a scientific um like it's a scientific topic like it's not just saying talking about an experience someone has it's, it's not a debatable topic exactly it's and I that, yeah that should be properly represented in films and the fact that it's not and it's been uh people who in the past have come out and said that they have mental health issues um they've been called crazy and stuff because in these films if you say you have schizophrenia you're told you're crazy or like a good example is split of um a disassociative um personality disorder that um is such a incorrect way to um portray that um disorder and i think the fact that people now are like oh trying to tell people who have that oh no you're wrong because split says it's this way and i think that's the problem that we have is people are getting incorrect information so i would love to see correct information about not only mental health um but also just like cultures like how Bridget was saying like bring in people who actually are from that culture and from that background and um make sure it's properly represented yeah those are those are great points and I 100% agree with you guys it all starts like 
it all starts with the people behind the screen and in the in the rooms deciding these things like it's not just on screen um and it's really important and i i really appreciate sam that you brought up mental health because a lot of people do end up saying that representation um is something that we need to work on um more in terms of like gender or or race but you're 100 correct i agree with you and then that's overlooked a lot of the time honestly i didn't really think about it much until you said so even though like i know it's an issue but i it's not like on the forefront of like what i perceive is like most important which is like sad you know so this was a great discussion thank you guys so much for joining me today this was awesome and listeners we'll see you soon Thank you.